We are so blessed to have a couple on the podcast today and on our YouTube channel. They have 10 children, two sets of twins. Oh my goodness. And she recently wrote a book about motherhood that we're going to talk about. But on Fierce Marriage here today, we get to talk to them about how they prioritize each other, how they prioritize their kids and spend quality time with each of them. Uh, how do they deal with conflict? I imagine there's quite a bit. Yeah, uh, I'm really anxious to hear how they have margin to have a healthy marriage when they have this many children at home, which we know, you know, children are a blessing. Yes. We're all but for how that. in the world do you, you're finite human beings, how do yeah. you make this happen? So we're going to talk to them about not just that, but many other things uh, as we interview Sean and Abby Halberstadt. So hope you enjoy it and we'll see you in there. On the other side. <laughs> On the other side. <laughs> All right, Abby and Sean, we're so grateful to have you guys yeah. on the Fierce Marriage podcast, video, all the things that are happening yeah. right now. Hey guys. Uh, we know, hey. <laughs> yeah, we know this is a, a sacrifice. Sean, we're super glad to have you here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you and I, man, we're just going to be eye candy for, for the <laughs> let our wives talk today, but <laughs> it'll be a good time. No, but can you guys just share a little bit about yourselves, um, maybe how you guys met, a little bit of your love story, your family? Uh, so our listeners can just kind of get to know you guys a little bit. Uh, I guess first and foremost, we're a couple of Bible-believing uh, sinners saved by grace, first and foremost. Uh, uh, a little bit about myself first, I guess uh, just to kind of sum me up, uh, you could call me uh, a builder, uh, whether it's uh, building uh, houses as a side thing, uh, building software for a living, or uh, building family uh, by calling uh that would kind of sum me up personally. Yeah. Um, I am the helper to the builder and the words. Um, so together we have 10 kids. Um, we, people always ask us, did you plan to have 10 kids? And I think our standard answer is we didn't plan not to, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes. So we weren't gunning for zero kids or four kids or eight kids or two kids or 2.7 or whatever the number is, um, we were both open to the Lord's leading, but in different ways, because we met at a church volleyball um, group, kind of just cross paths, but didn't really connect until I was the 20-somethings coordinator at our church and uh, started sending out emails. He started email flirting with me, and I was such a sucker for words. Classic. And I was like, ooh, this guy can spell, he can punctuate, he's funny, all those things. Yeah, so you know, I saw her, and of course, right off the bat, she's super hot, so you know, that's good. Uh, and then I saw her emails, and she was intelligent, articulate, and funny in her emails. And uh, I think the first time we met, we were actually playing church volleyball, and so she was athletic. So, so I'm like... Here's a super hot athletic word nerd, which is just my kind of girl. So, yes. um, well, and then he proceeded to during a capture the flag game pull a total Neanderthal move while I was trying to run across the line. He jumped out of the woods and tagged me on the rear. It was like staking his claim. Stake my claim. <laughs> yep. So the interesting thing about all of that is that he was not a Christian during this point, and I had been a Christian since I was five. I had, you know prayed the sinner's prayer. I know there's a lot of controversy around the sinner's prayer and asking Jesus into your heart, but I had had the concept that I was a sinner, that my sin had put Jesus on the cross and that I wanted to repent of that when I was little, listening to bullfrogs and butterflies. And um, if it, that's a blast in the past, if you know that. And um, 
there are going to be some people out there like, I didn't know anybody else listened to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm homeschooled uh, myself and we homeschool our children. So that was kind of a homeschooling thing to do. But if you had told me as a person who had committed her heart to Jesus in some small form without fully realizing what that meant at five years old, that I was going to date and then marry someone who had become a believer the same month we started dating, I would have been like, no, that's not happening. That's no, that, I, that will not work. Thank you very much. But thankfully, the Lord knows better than I do. So that is exactly what happened. So, yeah. So I was invited to that church group from a friend from college who just ran into me at a um, grocery store parking lot and invited me to this group. And through that group, I got plugged in with a, a small group of guys who were meeting regularly. And uh, one in particular, um, I kind of shared, you know, my background with, uh, you know, believing mother, non-believing father, kind of ended up going the way of my father. And uh, he and I, you know, weekly went through chapters in the Bible and, and discussed them with him. And the Lord drew me to him through that. So, um, yeah, uh, if you ever run, just inviting people to do things, uh, if you run into them, uh, that's big. I mean, he didn't have to uh, share anything in particular. He just invited me to the event and God worked it from there, you know? Yeah. Um, so. Well, and uh, you asked about our family. Um, we, I've, we've already, you know, given the spoiler alert that we have 10 kids. And um, I had been in a former relationship, engaged to a guy, and we didn't align on um, numbers of children, birth control, all kinds of things like that. So I had this really strong conviction. I was going to be like, anybody that I'm going to be with in the future needs to be on the same page. I don't want to do that again. And so second date, this guy's been a Christian for three weeks. <laughs> second date, I'm like, I need you to know that I'm leaving my fertility up to the Lord. I might have like six kids, like six, that's a lot. <laughs> And he, and I mean, I tried to scare him off. I tried to run him off. <laughs> I tried my best to to make sure that he knew what he was getting into. And he was just like, sounds good. I like kids. <laughs> yes. I, should, I said that, you know, the number that had kind of been in the back of my mind was eight. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh. Um, well, we overshot both of those. Yeah, so, we yeah. overshot both. Well, that's because we have two sets of identical twins. So we got a two for one deal twice. Um, and the thing that people find the most fascinating about the set, fact that we have two sets of identical twins, which is not hereditary. It's not in your genetics. It's just special gift from the Lord. We have one set of identical girls, one set of identical boys. They are exactly eight years apart because they're born on the same day. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. Funny. That. Wow. So, that's kind of missing I don't think I knew that. Four birthdays on one day in the... That's yeah. a party right there. Efficient. <laughs> yes. Efficient. Yes. You're going to have 10 kids. Might as well have six <laughs> birthdays. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Streamline that, wow. baby. Wow. So, so we're talking about marriage specifically on this side of it. And on the parenting side, we will get into more of the, the logistics of that. <laughs> but how in the world, and I know people have come to us, like one of the most prevalent issues that couples that follow us, that mm -hmm. write in, is especially around the season of having young kids and all the, the, the wonderful demands. busyness <laughs> yeah. and the demands. And it's, it's all very wonderful, but it can take a toll on a couple's... Mm -hmm. Unity and their their own sense of being close and, mm -hmm. and uh, just connected. So, what are you guys doing to keep your connection strong? When you have, I mean, we have three daughters, and it's it's a struggle for us, and we're in the marriage biz, so to speak. <laughs> so, what are you guys doing to keep your your marriage strong and stay connected despite um, all the busyness that you experience? Uh, well, I'll start with the I guess first and foremost. Uh, 
being on the same path and being aligned with the same goals. Hmm. Um, you know, we want what the Lord wants for us, and we mm-hmm. know that we're our foundation is the Bible, and so uh, we always know that we are to, in this together. We're working together. Hmm. Uh, it's not each of us doing our own thing. Um, you know, you need that uh, unity in that, which yep. is going to help you through all those struggles and everything that we certainly had. Um, so starting to start with, that's what I would say. Practically speaking, one thing that we've done even before we had kids is we picked a day of the week where we were going to be intentional to spend time together. Um, it didn't matter how much time we'd spent together in any other form throughout the week. We were going to spend those hours of 7 to 10 p.m. on Thursday evenings. Thursdays the day? I don't remember exactly. I think there was a scheduling thing that made it Thursdays, but I don't remember what it is. <laughs> or maybe we're just trying to avoid Fridays because everybody does Fridays and we wanted to be you in want to spend the entire time waiting in line at the restaurant. Right, right. Yes. yeah, something. So um, as we had kids, we kept protecting that Thursday date night space. So lots of date mm-hmm. nights at home. I teach fitness classes and have for 15 years, and I would take the little kids with me when we only had little kids to my fitness class, pick up um, takeout on the way home. He would make sure he was done with his work. I would have tried to get them to have gotten them down for naps like 30 minutes earlier than usual. So they go to bed 30 minutes earlier than usual. There's kind of some like mom math that goes on in there to make sure that they're ready to go down. They got easy meals that night. Didn't worry about nutritional value. Just, you know, get it in them and get them in bed. And that was the night that we looked forward to each week that we knew that once the kids were in bed, we were focused on each other, whether that was playing a game, watching a show, doing those silly like questionnaires that you do to get to know each other, um, eating on the couch and just talking. Um, and that we've been married for 17 years in June. So 16 plus. And, um, we've done that since we got married and now we've graduated because we have older responsible kids. Our oldest are, uh, 14 and 15 to date nights out on the town, which feels like a super huge luxury, but I honestly liked the date nights at home just as much. Mm. So good. So good guys. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) time together is definitely a struggle and creating that margin. I love your resignation to, to whatever the Lord has and working it out in the seasons that he's given Mm. you. I think sometimes we try to force something in a season that just isn't isn't right and isn't there and the timing's off. And so uh, resigning ourselves, trusting that God's plan is perfect, the seasons are perfect, He's going to equip us and give us the strength for uh, whatever that looks like, and also um, mm. making that intentional effort to connect with our spouse. So good. Yeah. Thursdays are actually our date day, too, a little bit, because we do our podcast Thursdays. We usually try to go to lunch. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of our, yeah, yeah. Thursday's a good day. It's, it's a, a good day, day to do that. It's a good day. Um, I want to talk about your book, Abby, but I think I'm going to save that for fierce parenting. That's fine. Uh, gosh, it's so good. Anyways, small oh, fangirl over here. I, I bought it and I was trying to get through it, but it's, I'm like, I can't, it's not something you can force. Like I got to go slow and methodical. I mean, you should just look at it as writing everywhere. Anyways. Not going there yet. Sorry. So I will fine. test. I will test. It's yeah. really good. Uh, intimacy. So, I mean, not just physical intimacy, obviously. Yeah. It's a good thing and it's a good gift from God. Uh, spiritual intimacy. How do you guys cultivate that as a couple? And mm. how do you do that with your children? I think we can kind of tap into children a bit, discipling them. Uh, how do you guys build that in your home? Uh, sure. So, uh, we start off every day uh, with uh, Bible reading together, prayer time as a family. Um, Everyday time permitting. We're, time we're not permitting. perfect it's, it's, this. Yeah. It's not legalistic. <laughs> but uh, uh, trying to safeguard that, that time yeah. uh, as much as possible mm. um, and, and ending the day with that as well, uh, whether it's 
deep or not, uh, spending that time at the end of the day to, um, you know, share what's on our minds and, mm -hmm. and pray over it and um, keep together like that. Yeah, I mean, and what he means by that is we um, we do prayers and praises in bed. Like, as our heads are on the pillow and we're about to drift off to sleep, he says, uh, prayer or praise, and I always choose praise. He's been asking me for prayer or praise for like eight years, and I think I've picked prayer like four times. Um, so, but it's just a thing. And, um, and so we just lie there and pray together before we go to bed. So I think that that's just a really simple, sweet kind of end cap to the day. Wow. Love that. Oh, a theme of what I hear you guys, um, talking about is how these decisions are made long before the time is to live out the decision. If that makes sense. So like you've made the decision that every morning we're going to mm -hmm. pray together or mm -hmm. we're going to, you know, the morning time, time permitting. And so I guess um, uh, that that uh, unity, that alignment mm -hmm. around that is not something that all couples experience. And I, I'm trying to think, okay, so the couples that come to us and they say, we want to do family worship. We want to pray together. We want to we want to have that those moments, those Thursday nights together. But I just, I have to work. I have to go, you know, I have to commute or uh, the kids have to be at school or they have to do all these other things. I guess help us understand what, what in your minds, how you are actually prioritized, prioritizing, setting up your life um, to, to facilitate what you actually do value, which is, the, you know, the things of God, the word of God, praying, discipleship. Mm -hmm. you, you started out being your Bible believing, like God fearing people. How did you set up your life? And I mean, career wise. So Abby, you mentioned that you, you're a fitness uh, coach, essentially. Um, you know, some of you talked, how have you set up your life specifically? What decisions have you made to, um, to allow you to live out these habits that you're talking about? Well, I think uh, a couple of big ones. Uh, so I worked a regular job early on uh, in my career. And, uh, you know, when you have that, you got to get out the door and then you work all day long and you get home after a drive, sometimes a long drive for a lot of people. And, uh, you're just stressed out. You don't have a lot of margin left. Um, so not everybody can do this, but I mean, early on in my career, made the decision to, to go out and, and work for myself and the Lord's blessed that. And, uh, that adds a whole lot of flexibility to my schedule. So for me personally, that's, that's something that I realize not everyone can do. Um, but that's something that, that we made the decision together to do early on that, uh, certainly helps in that area. And then, uh, you know, homeschooling our kids is another thing that, provides uh, so much flexibility to have the kids at our home all day long. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> make the joke that we are both cheating by homeschooling because we have them with us all the time. So we have all of that discipling time all day long, but also doing extra credit because we have them with us all the time and we have to do that discipling all day long. That's coming from a high school Spanish teacher's vocabulary and homeschool mom as well. For that analogy and for me for fitness classes i had to be intentional about the times that i chose to teach um, and those have actually changed one thing um that you said ryan you were saying you know some people say i would love to see this happen i would love to make this work but i don't have the schedule that you have and mm -hmm. one thing that i say um constantly to people is 
your walk with the Lord doesn't have to look like our walk with the Lord and what Mm -hmm. our family does. Because people try to make it prescriptive and they try to copy. Mm -hmm. And they say, well, if you get up and you do breakfast and Bible reading at 730, then if I'm not doing breakfast and Bible reading at 730, then Mm -hmm. I am failing and I am doing it wrong. And I don't see anywhere in scripture that it says breakfast and Bible reading at 730 Mm -hmm. is the holiest version of leading your family in worship. And so um, I've taught classes at 5.45 in the morning so that I would be home in time for Sean to do breakfast and Bible reading. Um, I teach classes at 4.30 in the afternoon or have done so so that I would be done with homeschooling. Right now I'm I'm in a season where I can teach them at 9.30 and we do um, breakfast and Bible reading first. Then I go teach while my kids are doing morning chores and getting themselves going because I've got some more self-directed ones and I'll take the little ones with me. And then we'll come back and do school. So I think being flexible being open to the Lord's leading Mm. and not trying to shoehorn your family circumstances Mm. into somebody else's formula are really important. So good. So good. You do that throughout your book entirely. I'm always like, man, she just nailed it again. Like she just here, here you're saying you don't have to be like this. This is just me. This is how God wired me. Cause it, you know, it's it's a hard standard to live up to somebody else. Um, But the truth is, is that, you know, God, yes. And, you are our people. If you don't know, we do homeschool as well. We are so grateful for that time of discipleship yeah. and relationship. We love our yeah. kids. We love being around them. We're so grateful. And we echo that, you know, he decided, he decided he, we were, he was going to be an entrepreneur. We was going to work from home and by God's grace, like fierce marriage has taken off and we're able to, yeah. uh, share the gospel with people as a, and, as work. And to be honest, it was early on a, um, a function of those priorities. We yeah. said, I'd, we'd rather have the freedom and the, the, um, the flexibility than the, the, the security, quote unquote, of a traditional job and yeah. the income, you know, that's false security anyway. Right. But, um, and I think God's been gracious in that, but yeah, we have to be careful not to be prescriptive on others and say, well, you better quit your job and start a business. Otherwise you're not going to disciple your kids. Well, like right. that's right. a lie. Right. Um, yeah. And so back to the marriage piece and I, I want to yeah. <laughs> talk about conflict and communication. So, uh, communication is obviously one of the most important skills that a couple can, can cultivate. Uh, but specifically communication around conflict and namely around chaos. So I feel like our lives are pretty chaotic with the three, you know, our, our, our kids are eight and down. So eight, five, and two, there's a good bit of chaos in the household. Um, what are some tangible, uh, ways that you've discovered? Um, now uh, this is all undergirded by rooted in scripture. You're spending time with God together you value those things together. Now, bring it up to like the day-to-day level. How have you found to help? What ways have you found to deal with conflict in a healthy, construct, constructive way? And how have you found a communication? Um, how have you used communication to get through those hard times? You're talking between no. each other or yes? Kids? I mean, like let's say you guys are missing it. You know, like you have, you know, you say something boneheaded on the way out the door, and you know it starts. Maybe you never do that. I do that sometimes. <laughs> And, you know, you, you're all of a sudden you're, you're in conflict, right? How have you, how do you, how do you reconcile through communication when you're in conflict as a couple? Yeah. Uh, I would say that's, uh, certainly something, uh, it's been a growing process <laughs> through our marriage. Um, I am a, a bit introverted and so it's, uh, I don't communicate as much as I could for sure. Um, and I think I've gotten better at it. Um, but earlier on, uh, you know, my lack of communication could cause conflict for sure. Um, and, uh, learning to, uh, also respond to, uh, conflict better, um, in terms of defensiveness, 
Uh, you know, we both struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think a lot of conflict uh, becomes conflict. You know, there's, there's like an issue. Someone feels some tension, and they they mention it. And you know, we either mention it too strongly, or when it gets mentioned, we blow up or get defensive about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was, I'm a very defensive person when I when conflict comes my way. Um, and I've had to learn to okay, listen. Let it sit, pray over it, and uh, the resolution naturally comes uh, when you let that kind of defensive emotion die down uh, and, and really process it and pray over it and realize, okay, even if there's some right on my side, there's a lot of wrong on my side too, and uh, come up with the, you know, the resolution, so to speak, that... Uh, uh, it's fair to both of us. Well, and I think one thing that he is leaving out of his kind of being hard on himself with the defensiveness and the introversion and the not communicating is that he gives me tons of grace. So he is not picking at me for every little thing. He is very kind and understanding and he's not going to create mountains out of molehills. I'm not going to create mountains out of molehills, but I am more likely to, unless I'm pregnant <laughs> or postpartum. All that's wrong. All that's wrong. I think I remember yelling something about you never serve me or help me because he was warming up pizza and didn't get me any at lunch i I was really hangry (laughs) oh i'll give this girl some food Uh, i was part with twins again um and it was his fault (laughs) um but but he's also very um very okay with letting things go so i think that overlooking a multitude of sins is a strength of his um, he's going to assume it's going to shake itself out in the end. Whereas I'm probably going to need to work it through some more. So he's had to learn to not run from it when I want to talk about it. And I've had to learn not to come on too strong or to let things go and sit, like he said, and maybe see if they resolve themselves because a lot of times they do. Mm. Yeah. So good. You know, the ex- experience, you know, she mentioned the, the pregnancy thing. You know, I think it took probably five pregnancies before it really started to get caught in my head, this is a pregnancy system or symptom and I need to be more intentional, more graceful, more whatever, to more helpful, more servant-hearted, you know, things I probably should have been doing all the time, but even more so when she's pregnant, I, I need to pay attention to that. You yeah, know, There's things you learn. <laughs> yeah, I don't usually cry and I'm not usually very high or very low. I'm usually pretty steady, except when there's hormones. <laughs> and then, I mean, I'm making myself sound like a crazy person. It's still okay, but it can get pretty high or pretty low. <laughs> it's okay. I love Understandable. it. Understandable. You guys clearly are um, looking to one another, right? To to uh, you play off each other's strengths. I think that's where I want to take the conversation next, especially in, in terms of the marriage conversation. We're we're uh, complementarians. We think there's a beautiful uh, complementarity that comes through biblical marriage, and I assume I, I I think you guys are the same. So how are you? And you know, we believe that's the biblical view of it. How do you, um, Abby? How do you look to Sean specifically to be the the man, the husband, the mm-hmm. father, the head of the household? And then I would respond, and I would ask Sean to respond to that with, "How do you look to Abby to be your helper?" And how do you see that working itself out um, practically in your marriage on a day to day basis? Um, so I would say that the number one thing is something really obvious, and that's he's the primary financial provider for our family. And so um, he travels a lot. Well, 
He has traveled a decent amount in the past ever since, you know what, he hasn't traveled that much. Um, but um, I have had to accept that as a reality of part of his work and to understand that my role when he is traveling and I have six or eight or 10 kids at home with me is to is not to complain. I mean, we, we complain jokingly, like I wish you were here, I wish you didn't have to go. But I'm, I have had to learn that adding stress to his already high levels of had to travel, had to prep for this, I'm not in my normal environment, I have these people that need me to do things as he's doing installs of software or whatever. And I really think in a lot of ways I have a privilege of staying home with my children even if I'm having to solo parent because I get to have all my comforts of home. You know, I get to have my own bed, I get to have all the things that are familiar to me. And so um, that's, the, that's the attitude that I try to adopt to support him there. But primary, um, primary provider and everything that goes with that, I am hugely respectful, respectful or have lots of respect for how hard he works. Um, he is also the spiritual leader of our home, and um, that's kind of a balance that we've had to strike over the years, um, uh, having grown up without as much of that in my home, and so some, but, but in kind of wonky ways sometimes. So um, we've had to figure out how to let him lead and where his strengths were and to encourage rather than nag. Um, and then I also um, want to make sure that I'm letting him father the way that he fathers best as opposed to um, saying, that's not how we change diapers. You know, that's, sorry, <laughs> can you just come over here and let me do it because I would do it so much better. It's not that I've never done that, but I, I don't admire that in myself when I do. And so I'm, I'm, my goal is always to honor the fact that we want to be unified, but each have our own unique twist and take on things. Yeah, and you know, my wife has a lot of spiritual wisdom um, gleaned from a childhood of being raised in the Word, and uh, you know, I think my my calling as a, as a head of the household, so to speak, is not to be the boss and dictate everything. Uh, it's to guide, to serve, to be an example, to make sure that uh, we are together as a family in the Word and in prayer and. Uh, seeking the Lord's will and making sure, as I examine that, are we on the right path together? Uh, and seeking the wisdom that the Lord's blessed with her, blessed her with, uh, seeking the wisdom of our families, of people from the church, and, and helping with that. Not, not to dictate every little thing that has to be done just so. Um, that's not my job. Um, and uh, so... I think there's something, I think it's it's in uh, Proverbs 31 that says the heart of her husband trusts in her. And um, he has exemplified that to me. Like he's not micromanaging my grocery budget. He's not micromanaging how I homeschool. He's not, his, the heart, his heart trusts in my home management skills. And so I really desire to um, live up to that. You know, that's, that's a huge responsibility and a huge honor to have his trust in that area. I'm really grateful for that. I like, we, we like working together. Yes, I remember reading that in your book. I think you guys, you did two DIY house projects with like how many kids under five or something like that? Just, you gotta like each other yeah, <laughs> do something like that. They were not old enough to help. No, no they were not old enough to help. Not, not materially, no. Uh, I love hearing you guys' heart on that. And um, just to speak to Sean, what you were saying, the um, one of the big realizations in my own heart was that as as the head of our household, I don't, 
I don't lead my family by serving. Instead, I serve them by how I lead, right? And so I'm leading, I'm serving in this way as leader because not because I've, it's not my job to just get at my will all the time, but no, it's how I actually submit to Christ in how I serve my family is by leading them toward him. Um, so I just love hearing your heart come come through that. So, Final yeah. question here. What, it, it could be an encouragement or some advice to a couple who might just be struggling in their marriage. They're struggling to connect. They're struggling. They're just kind of drowning in the day-to-day. What would you, what would you guys say to them, that couple? Do the thing that you... Um, kind of probably in the back of your mind, no needs doing, and you don't feel like it. Um, it's like smiling makes you feel better. Doing the thing you know needs doing, and you know, you're gonna, you gotta push through that obstacle, and it's when you get a, over the obstacle that things get better. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't know the thing that needs doing, if you're like, uh, can you tell me what that is? Um, ask the Lord, because it says that if you ask the Lord for wisdom, He gives it freely and without reproach. Um, and so I think we probably think that if we don't hear an audible voice from heaven, we didn't get an answer, but probably, I think most of the time when I ask the Lord for wisdom about how to best serve my husband, he comes home, he goes in his office, he looks down and this thought occurs to me to make some cookies and take them to him. Like that's not revolutionary, but that probably was wisdom from the Lord that that was going to pick him up, you know, and it's something so simple that I can do with the kids, you know, and it involved them. And, um, and he's told me over and over again, that that always is a blessing to him. Um, so I think we can overthink stuff and the Lord does give us wisdom, even just in the simplest ways. Well, thanks guys for sharing your time with us. We are going to jump on another we get to record with you guys one more time on Fierce Parenting and talk to you, Abby, a little bit more about your book. Uh, but we are so grateful to have you guys on. It's, it's yeah. been such a it's blessing. Yeah, so for any couples who are watching this, where can they uh, find more information about your book, Abby? I know they can find it on Amazon, but is there any specific places you'd like to send couples? Christianbook.com is a great place. They always have the best price for it if you order multiples. And the thing that I'm hearing over and over again, I sound like a ridiculous used car salesman saying this, but... <laughs> They'll order lots of copies. But what's happening that I did not expect is people are buying it for their sister and their granddaughter and their aunt and their cousin and their friend. And so christianbook.com is a great place to go to get a really good discount, but to order enough that you get free shipping. Just, you know, or find somebody else's book to buy. That was a perfect pitch. That was (laughs) awesome. All right. Well, thanks guys for joining us and we'll see you on the parenting side. Sounds great. (laughs) 